Talk Live. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now this recording is from our Cloud Talk Live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. You know, here at Cloud Talk Live and all the things that we do as part of Rackspace's Solve program, which is our thought leadership program, is here to help provide information for you as technologists or people working in industry that use technology to, you know, do that a little bit better, to talk to people who have done it before. Hey, we got someone here from Ari from Charlotte's here. Um, uh, Lachelle's here. Sorry, I get really distracted. Robert from Amsterdam. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that everyone's here. All right, back to my little diatribe. So as you know, we're here to help bring information to you to help you do your technology job a little better. We've addressed all sorts of stuff from specific cloud providers like AWS, Azure, and Google. We've also talked about data uh, projects and opportunities. We've talked about AI. We've got a whole lot of that to talk about this year. Really excited about that. And, uh, and, what else do we talk about? We do a lot of great women in tech episodes. You can look forward to those coming again uh, this year. The Women in Tech Tuesdays, so the first Tuesday of every month, will be an amazing woman who's done amazing things for you to learn from. We will double down on that in Women's History Month, and it's all women all month, so that'll be great. And But I thought, as we were starting to think about 2023, Last year, like in October, November, I'm just minding my own business and I'm uh, patrolling through through LinkedIn and I'm reading the articles of the people that I'm connected with. And I come across an article, somebody that I'm not connected with, but, you know, it's kind of a friend of a friend, as LinkedIn will do. And it was this gentleman talking about his, how he reinvented his career. And I thought as we head into 2023... Well, the thought came to mind is maybe not everyone is 100% settled about where you are in your career. And I've seen lots of people reinvent themselves and do some amazing things and make that public in uh, in LinkedIn. But I had the thought, I thought, let's, this this gentleman was Seth Ezekiel. Uh, and uh, I thought, uh, Wes, I thought, let's, let's let, maybe we should start the year with that. Let's start the year with an opportunity to hear from somebody who has uh, maybe not necessarily been 100% settled in his career and really kind of step back, take some time to reevaluate and then, uh, and then double down and dig in. And so we're not in text today, folks. We are in career guidance mode today. And what I want to do is so what Seth has done is he was, was pursuing a lot of things. He's going to tell you all about it. But ultimately, filmography is where and, and videography is what captured his heart, captured his attention. And we're going to start with a little video that he brought along. So why don't we go ahead and start with that? Megan, why don't you roll the clip and let everyone see what Seth is all about? Amazing stuff. Seth, come on up on stage here with me for a second. Uh, we'll let Daniel will bring you up. Come on. 
And here we are, Seth. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, so Seth, last October, you get this email from a strange dude um, saying, "Hey, um, cool story. You want to come talk about it live? Uh, thanks for thanks for you know taking a little risk and joining us here today." Yeah, of course. I appreciate you reaching out. I uh, stoked on the opportunity to share a little bit more of my story with everybody. Well, fantastic. Well, to start, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, so my name is Seth. I am a photographer, videographer, filmmaker, producer, you know, kind of all that content creation uh, stuff. Um, originally based out of Portland, Oregon, I guess, and now kind of on the road. I'm actually in Texas, just up the street uh, from mm-hmm. Jeff right now. Um, so kind of traveling around, making films and doing photography, primarily in the outdoor industry, as you guys just saw. Um, lots of water sports, paddle sports, fishing, all that good stuff. Well, fantastic. So, so let's, let's go backwards a little bit. You, you know, this wasn't your first job. What, what had you been doing? What was it that, uh, in, I, I know your job from the article was in corporate America. What, what would you been up to? What was, what was going on? Yeah. So I worked in outdoor retail for about the last decade. So, I mean, like a lot of people kind of out of college went into retail and had a passion for the outdoor industry. So kind of moved in that direction, got into management. So I'd been managing outdoor retailers for about a decade, more or less, um, and and had kind of reached the pinnacle of that uh, where I was at a place, you know, just I don't want to say dead end job, but really was at, at the peak of outdoor retail management and what I was doing. And, uh, and that's, I guess, where the, the new, the new story, the new chapter begins. <laughs> so you, uh, so you decide that that wasn't for you, you head home and immediately become, uh, a, a, a fancy videographer. Is that how, is that how the story went? That's it. I just, I was like, sorry guys, I'm going to go make videos now. <laughs> uh, No, it was, uh, you know, anybody who's seen that LinkedIn post, that thing kind of blew up. It was pretty interesting because I was just like, I'm going to tell the story of how a pay cut was a good thing. But uh, after COVID, you know, it was an interesting, well, not after COVID, in kind of the meat of COVID, so I guess it was 2021, a little over a year ago, um, you know, pretty much everybody in every business, but especially in the outdoor industry was raking in record profits because people, a lot of people were going outside for the first time. And um Kind of in that same time, uh, my boss sat me down to give me a pay cut, and I was I was pretty frustrated with things know. already. Yeah, yeah, it was it was unexpected. Keep keep it up. We got some more hours and less money for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I ended up um, quitting the next day. I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this for less money. It was already kind of I was at that point. Where I was like, I don't feel like I'm making enough for what I'm doing. Yeah, and then uh, I decided to enroll in a coding boot camp. Because, you know, everybody can code, they say. And I was like, that sounds great. And I'll work remotely, you know. Uh, I'm sure there's some people in the chat who are familiar with that. Uh, and it was not for me. Uh, my wife did it. And she's a project manager for a programming company now. And she does great. But I just, for whatever reason, just programming did not register in my brain. Um, and, you know, I had been doing photography for a few years, kind of for fun at that point, and a little bit professionally, and decided that it was time to take the plunge and talk to my wife. And, and we got to a point where we're like, yeah, I think we can make this happen. And so I guess last January is when I made that decision. So it's been right about a year that I've been officially doing this full time. And um, yeah, it's been good. That's fantastic. So in this for a year now, now Ari's got a great question. She says, how, uh, what do you shoot for? So who, who are some of your customers? Obviously it's going to be in the outdoor world, I believe. And then, you know, how do you, how does this get monetized? I mean, would you walk us through that? Yeah, totally. So, um, 
last year being my first year, a lot of customers were smaller customers. Um, I've done a couple of weddings, things like that, but majorly um, big things that were really exciting for me. Last year, I did a shoot for Stanley, like the camping outdoor brand. Um, that was very fun and a big one for me. And Hobie, if anybody's in the kayak world, Hobie is, uh, I believe, the oh. biggest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hobie, I believe it's like they have some title, like the largest watercraft manufacturer in the world or something along those lines. Uh, and they hired me for a shoot last fall, which was really exciting. That was like a dream for me. I was like, maybe someday I'll get to do a shoot for Hobie. And it happened in the first year. And so. there you were. So, so yeah. where did you, uh, so where was that shot? Where'd you go for that shoot? Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. They haven't released. It's, it's, not it's like a whole thing. It's not Somewhere out yet, but. Outside, let's just safe to say you were outside and you're on the water. Yeah, it was a very lovely place. It was a good shoot. I'm really excited to see that come out. All right, so it begs the question. You know, I'm into this technology stuff. I've got a fancy camera here, surrounded yeah. by gear. And the one thing that I do religiously with all of this stuff and dramatically is keep the liquids away from the electronics. <laughs> That's not your job. Yours is to take the electronics on the on the water. How do how do you keep? Yeah. Um, it's always a risk and. I started out, uh, when I started doing this, it was for fun. And so it was around a lot of white water, which is the worst possible place to have a camera. Cause there's just, I mean, there's just moisture in the air when you're there, it's spray from waterfalls and all that. Um, so I learned very early on, you know, when I'm, you know, between shots, I'll kind of like, you know, tuck my camera under my jacket or do anything I can to, to keep it dry. Um, you know, a lot of shots I use an underwater housing for, um, but yeah, I mean, the risk is inherent. I have a little wrist strap at all times, so it's like, it can't fall very far, but whew, it's, that's one of the scary parts is that I always have a few thousand dollars, just like a couple inches away from, from the end. So. <laughs> dangling off your wrist and, and, and many few thousand dollars at that, I would imagine. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> and a few of them. All right. Well, um, so let's, let's get into, to training. You know, you, you'd been doing this as a hobby, you know, did you, you know, did you have the, the core skills that you needed? How did you refine that before you hung up your shingle and said, you know, Hey, I'm ready for you world. Totally. Uh, YouTube just is such a huge resource and the internet in general. Um, I did a masterclass that was like a photography masterclass that had a bunch of Hollywood photographers and filmmakers and learned a lot from that and then got on YouTube and watched a ton of Peter McKinnon videos who, in the world of camera stuff um, right. is just a legend. Um, and that kind of led me down that rabbit hole of a bunch of other filmmakers and stuff. So I've, you know, my work is, is kind of a hodgepodge of all the people that I've seen out there already doing things that I really like and trying to find my, find my way to make those things my own and put them into my work. And it's, it's amazing to, I guess, I don't know if you could say I'm a part of that community, I guess in a way I am, but yep. It is such a community, the online creator community and of photographers and filmmakers and how easy it is to just get on the Internet and pretty quickly learn how to do so much of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's shocking how quickly you can kind of go from zero to 60, so to speak. That's fantastic. So so you're a year into this regrets at this point. I mean, you had you were in you by by your own words in a in a dead end retail opportunity. But but now you're pursuing your passion. It seems like you've got some success under your belt. Uh, what's what's next for you? First of all, any regrets? And then what's next for you? Uh, I don't think I have any regrets. Uh, as you know, we, we talked a while back and I've been out in Texas for the last few months visiting friends and family for the holidays and kind of hanging out. Part of my plan for being here was that I wanted to to try and spread myself out, you know, geographically a bit. And 
I think my only thing I would change is I probably would have spent a little less time in Texas and kind of stuck around in the Northwest just because I have such a good base there of, of people and community and people who want to work with me. Um, and uh, there have been a, a few mornings where I've been kind of kicking myself of like, man, I could be making so much more progress if I was kind of back at home base. Whereas here, I've certainly made some progress, but it's not been as rapid growth as it, as it was. This episode of Cloud Talk is sponsored by Cisco App Dynamics. Technical environments are getting more complex, and Cisco App Dynamics is helping to cut through the noise. Their full stack observability solutions help make every tech decision a business decision and keep everyone all on the same page. AppDynamics software enables deeper understanding of both user and application behavior so that your teams can see, share, and take action all in real time. Just go to appdynamics.com to learn more, schedule a live demo, or even start a 15-day free trial to see the difference for yourself that Cisco App Dynamics can make in your mission-critical applications. All right. With that, let's get back to the program. What's the... What's the- you know, take take me through the. I know I asked you another question, but I'm butting in real quick. But uh, through the process of going from, hey, I've got a relatively, although not paying a ton, stable job. I know when the money's coming in, you're you're on your own. How's that transition been? <laughs> uh, rough at first. Uh, <laughs> the first few months were just terrifying because I mean it was mostly just me putting stuff out there and kind of reaching out to folks, being like, hey, anybody need anything for cheap? Uh, and and you know. That was really scary, especially, you know, at the time we owned a house, my wife and I sold our house uh, to kind of hit the road. But it the first few months were definitely terrifying. And it was it was a lot of, you know, reminding myself like this is an investment. This is the time I'm investing. It's going to pay back later. Everything's going to be fine. Um, But, yeah, it was I mean, the first time in my adult life that I had not had the stability of a regular paycheck. And that was that was a huge transition. Um, I would think so. I would think so. So tell me about what's on, on tap for 2023. Yeah. Uh, the goal for this year is to make more, I guess you would call film work, right? Because you've got, there's, there's lots of kinds of video work these days. You've got short form stuff, you've got reels, um, you've got videography, so to speak, YouTube stuff, which I do a bit of that as well. Um, but this year, my goal is to make some proper films that really, you know, the full process where you come up with an idea and you write, write it all out and you shoot the shots and you put the whole thing together. And it's, I guess, you know, a longer process and a little more artistic. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm starting to work on one of those. Well, I'm already working on it and then I start shooting on it next month. So that's a huge one that I'm really looking forward to and trying to do a couple of those this year. That's interesting. So obviously you, you, the stuff that you've done has been very outdoorsy. It's very water sportsy. Do you think it's going to stay in that area? Stay outside? Are you going to get more, you know, what, what, what do you think maybe will expand or change about what you're doing? Yeah, I think, so this first film that I'm working on is uh, it's, uh, I guess you could call it a canoeing film, but it's mm-hmm. it's more of a, a piece on, you know, family dynamics. Uh, a friend of mine has kids and, you know, all, most, I mean, I'm at that age, most of my friends have younger kids and just seeing, you know, the way that families interact and especially with technology around. I mean, it's so different from when we were growing up. Kids have, you know, something with a screen in their hands nonstop. And it's, you know, one of my friends phrased it this way. It's like a pacifier for them, you know, as they get older, it's like, if they have their phone or their tablet or their video game or whatever it is, it's just like, boom, and they're quiet and there's only, but then you try to take that thing away from them and they, they a lot of times lose it. Right. Um, so this film I'm working on is going to kind of explore that and, um, and 
check out the family dynamic and you know how the inner the outdoors basically in this case canoeing plays into that family dynamic um which yeah it's it's going to be a fun one uh, and i think that's what i want to explore more of is like what is what what does the outdoors have to offer and how can we show that to people um and and how does it benefit our lives versus you know the day-to-day that we have with screens and, and everything else very interesting. So I think there's an interesting lesson here in the in that, you know, you made this decision to change careers into one where you're a videographer and a storyteller through through the lens. But that, you know, doesn't mean that's a singular change and nothing else changes from there. There's a constant evolution as to, you know, who you are as an audience and, and what you're and what you're exploring. So so with that, then. Let's let's turn the conversation a little bit more towards it's your chance now to to look backwards at uh, and and take what you have learned over the the past many years and maybe provide some some advice. How about some advice to somebody who's starting 2023 and feeling a little unsettled about where they are and have an itch to try something? What advice might you have for them? Yeah. Um whew, man, so much. <laughs> uh I think the first thing, I mean, you know, going back on my story, a lot of people who end up in my, my position are, are waiting for some kind of push, uh, right? Because for me, the push was the pay cut. I was in a place, I wasn't miserable, um, but I wasn't happy and it, it wasn't where I wanted to be. You know, when I looked at the rest of my life, I wasn't like, I want to spend 20 more years managing retailers. Um, I didn't want to grow into being like a CEO or anything like that. I, I wanted something different. Um, and I wanted to use that creative side of my brain, I suppose. Um, and, and the pay cut was the push. It was that little nudge that was like, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to do this thing. I have some money saved up. I can, I can get by for a while and really make this move. And, and I think, you know, I'm grateful for that push. I think the biggest yeah. thing I wish is that I hadn't waited for the push that I had taken the initiative instead of waiting till I reached that point of frustration and said, I'm going to do this now. Like now is a good time. I have the stability to do this thing. And then maybe I could have had a bit of a smoother transition instead of waiting until it was, it was like, okay, now I have to do this right now because this is the only opportunity I'm going to have. Um, Seth, so, I think that's you know, a, a killer advice. And that is because what it ultimately comes back to is, is people being more purposeful about their career. And, and I've got this, got this book that's that's just in my head that I feel like I need to write, but maybe it's just a blog post. I can't tell if it's three paragraphs or 30, you know, chapters. Um, but it's really just about owning it. How do you own your career? Own your, And it ultimately comes back to owning your life, not being just letting yourself being impacted by the externals, but to cast a vision for where you want to be and not being afraid. The fact that this is a could be a multi-year journey and it's okay to only be at step one, but to take that step. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that in a way that, you know, owning your career it ties in a bit to a, actually a video I was watching yesterday that was kind of an excerpt from a podcast, but it was a psychologist who's talking about uh, how do I describe this? Basically, goals and growth mindset. And, you know, your goals basically and the psychological effect that they have is you set a goal. So let's say your goal is to go to the gym. And yeah. you give yourself a reward for going to the gym. So your reward is, I went to the gym, so afterwards, I'm going to go get breakfast tacos because we're in yeah. Texas, and that's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, yeah. So so you go to the gym, and you go get bre- your breakfast tacos, and you're like, that was great. And then the next day, you go to the gym again, and you go get breakfast tacos, and you keep doing this. And over time, basically, what's happening is every time you go to the gym, and then you have that breakfast taco, you're getting a dopamine release. And mm. it turns out what they've found is 
each time you do that same process, each time you hit a goal and then you reward yourself, that dopamine release diminishes a bit until it gets to the point where it's basically no more. You're not as excited about going to get breakfast tacos after the gym because you've done it a million times and therefore you have no motivation to go to the gym anymore. Right. So alternatively, you have the growth mindset, which is the, the goal and the reward is the process. So in your mind, going to the gym is the reward. You want to work out because you see that the end result is that by working out, you're going to be a healthier person. And, and hearing this was kind of like a eureka moment of like, that's what's happened. That's what's changed with me for my work before Hmm. I had a goal, which was to make money and I would go to work and I would be rewarded with money. And over time, right, that excitement over that same amount of money every couple of weeks diminished and diminished and diminished and diminished until I had no interest in doing that same thing anymore. Uh, whereas now, I mean, everything I do, I, I, even with making a film, obviously the goal of making a film is to make a film and there is reward in that, but there is reward to me every step of the way there. I wake up in the morning and I go shoot and I feel excited about it. I'm, you know, in the editing process, I'm trying different things and I'm moving things around and I'm excited about it. And then when I release, you know, the completed work, I'm excited about it. And so the whole journey is the reward at that point. And that makes it just so much easier and so much more motivating to go do the thing every day. You know, when it's, I wake up and I'm excited about what I'm doing and I know that's going to be the case the whole time. And there are certainly still struggles that doesn't stop. Like I'm not saying it's all easy, but I'm saying that it is a rewarding process and that goes beyond fiscal reward. Right. So I think that is the way that I would define, you know, being in control of my career and feeling engaged with it as opposed to, you know, living that reward based, I'm making money with the diminishing returns of dopamine, basically, uh, that I was looking for. Amazing what you just said. I mean, the, the, the phrase that's stuck in my head right now is the whole journey is the reward. And we can contrast that with where you started the, the conversation. And that was that you got up and went to work to get a paycheck. So every two weeks, you got a reward uh, for something that you you did. So that, that kind of in, in arrears, as opposed to the daily excitement about getting up and doing what you're going to do. Doesn't mean you don't have a bad day from time to time or things don't go south. But there's learning from it. There is excitement in it. And, uh, and boy, what a much more fulfilling life, I would imagine, as you start to look into the rearview mirror. You may not see it. I would think I may not see it in the moment by moment. But you start looking back going, I wouldn't change it for anything. Even if one dynamic, what if you're not, even in the beginning, you know, you weren't making much money. You weren't making any money. You were figuring out the craft. But, but there was reward in the journey. Yeah, indeed. It's really incredible. Um, all right. So where do people find you? How do people learn about what you're doing? Follow your story because, well, now the world's going to want to follow your story. We've had people from Germany in here. We've got folks from Pakistan. They're all over the place. Mexico, farther south in Central America. Um, so how do people find, find you and follow you? Yeah, um, you can Instagram, Facebook, everything. My name is just my name. I'm on YouTube, Seth Ezekiel West. So at Seth Ezekiel West, pretty much anywhere. LinkedIn, add me on there i'm i'm all over and i post pretty regularly on all my platforms since media is what i do i like to share it with everybody so Very smart. if you're, you're interested in the outdoors and you want to see all the the fun stuff i'm up to then feel free to to hop in and join of course if your company's in the outdoor business and you need some videographer you know they got a call all right so your one bit of advice for folks who are a little on the fence was don't wait for the catalyst own it and do it doesn't mean go without a plan but have a plan but but don't wait for the catalyst any any last parting words of advice that you might have for for the world here as we as we get ready to finish up 
Hmm. Parting words. Oof, that's tough. I know. You know, it's the last thing they're going to remember of you. I know. The hard part is not be cliche. You know, follow I, your dream. Uh, you've never heard that one before. I, you know, I think what you said, and maybe you build on that. And that was, don't let the lack of your own knowledge be a hindrance. It doesn't mean go out and not have it. Don't, you know, go, you know, pull out the safety net, but there is so much opportunity to go learn online. If you're even mildly interested in something, you can hear from the experts literally right now. Like they're hearing from you. It's true. Yeah. I would say that that would be my thing is, I think confidence is a huge thing for everyone. Um, mm. And when it comes, especially to making a plunge as big, I mean, geez, if you have a family and a house and bills to pay, it's, it is a terrifying leap. And I think the biggest thing is people believing in themselves. Um, so if you're working on something and it's something you want to do for a living, like, like, you know, content is for me, uh, put it out there and put it out there constantly and see what people think of it because that feedback is what will give you confidence and put you you know in a realistic position if you put your stuff out there and people love it and they're eating it up then that's going to that's going to give you the push that you need to to really pursue it um so don't be shy put your work out there believe in yourself and uh and kind of build build your community and and do the thing <laughs> That's fantastic. And I think I would uh, tie on there also with what Megan just said, and that is get outside. Enjoy yourself a little bit, whether that's your career or not. It's a, it, it's a much healthier place when, when you get out there and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the world a little bit. All right. Absolutely. Well, um, Seth, I can't thank you enough for being a part of our program here today. I am um, uh, really grateful that you, you have taken the time. I am also trying to bring up a slide that is going to show us Who's going to be here next week? Because it's going to be a killer show. Couldn't be any better than this one, but it'll be all right. Um, but Seth, uh, best of luck to you in the future. Uh, do keep in contact with us. Uh, you know, come and post. Uh, when you post that or get that new story done, come back to the Rackspace page. Uh, post yeah. a link to it there. Uh, we'd love for you. The community here would love to keep up with it. And uh, and uh, everyone, go follow Seth on everything that he does and, and be amazed at what he accomplishes this year. So, Seth, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five-star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff DeVerter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.